Hi, and welcome to That's Myrony Podcast. My name's Alicia Myronic, and I am your host and creator of this fun new concept. But first, what exactly is Myrony? Well, Myrony, or my irony, are those crazy coincidences that happen in life that you just can't explain. It's also another word for sign or synchronicity. We've all experienced these throughout our lives. But what if you started paying closer attention to your myronies? What if you started connecting the dots, or as I like to say, follow the spiritual breadcrumbs that could have an impact so big that it changes your life forever, not to mention the lives of others. Now that's myrony. Hi, darling. Thank you so much for joining me today on That's Myrony Podcast. I'm so excited to finally have you be able to share your story openly. And it's actually quite myronic how you and I connected. So welcome. <laughs> Thank you, Alicia. Woo! Well, I first want to, I, I, as a, before we start recording, I said I actually wanted to read your bio with you present because this is who you are. And you are one of the most beautiful souls that I know. And I, even though we only know each other virtually, I feel like I've known you for like ever. So anyway, everybody hear how, who Darlene is. And it, this was actually just told me that uh, a friend of yours wrote this poem. So this isn't what Darlene wrote about herself. This was someone else who saw this beautiful image of who she is as a dragonfly. It says, Darlene is a dragonfly. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. I got to start off with Darlene Wong. And then it's Darlene is a dragonfly. A dragonfly understands that one must wait, that the darkness until today has been simply the passage of transformation and the only way out. Though the answers are not clear, a dragonfly does not lose faith. She believes her strength and agility will soon reach the light. And when she does, her wings will shimmer bright. How beautiful is that? So here is also who Darlene is. Welcome to Mission de en Liberté. Hope I said that okay. <laughs> Which means to be free like a dragonfly. This magical, radical transformation is necessary for the growth, safety, and protection of every single girl and woman on this planet. We all deserve freedom, darlings. Freedom from gender inequality, freedom of speech, freedom from a broken system. Women are not meant to keep swimming against the current. Eventually, they just drown. This is called femicide. Darlene has been born and raised in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Darlene sits and waits patiently for your support and unconditional love because this darling believes she can change the world. And oh my goodness, can you ever. So... Now, welcome Darlene Wong. <laughs> thank you, Alicia. You read that really well. You're oh, well, thank you. It's been a long time since I've spoken French. I did study it for many years, but you know, if you don't use it, you lose it. So anyway, I'm so excited to hear more about this unbelievable, um, because you've been in it, involved in it, but um, this, how you are here to help women who don't have voices, it seems. Um, but I want to first share uh, with our listeners um, how we connected because it was through another incredible organization, uh, One Woman International with um, Sharla Brown. And uh, she is so amazing because she gives women voices that usually aren't heard either. And That's so... Great. How did you connect with Sharla in the first place? I I actually, I don't even know who she is, but I just knew that she was um, supplying this platform that was safe for women to speak their voice. And I said, you know what? That's where I need to speak because women are going to listen. And what I need to say is so important that I need to make sure my audience is there and and want what I what I'm there to to offer. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's funny because I actually met Charlotte personally um, in 2019 
I was intuitively, you know, my crazy gift of knowing my claircognizance. It's just, I do things without knowing why I was told to go to this one woman event in San Jose, California, where I am. And you're in uh, Quebec, uh, well, Montreal, Quebec, which I know it's Quebec, right? Isn't that how you pronounce it? But <laughs> doesn't matter. Tomato, tom- tomato, tomato sort of thing. Uh, <laughs> but the thing was, is that I went and um, I connected with Sharla. And it was so interesting because she told me how I was meant to be on one woman's stage one day to tell my story. Like it was, we were so divinely brought together. And then right before you were going to be speaking, I was actually divinely brought together in a different way to um, create my signature talk. And she's like, you should join. I was speaking on August 15th of 2020. And she's like, you should join so you can see how the virtual platform is because this was right at the time of, we were in the middle of COVID. So this is like the first couple virtual stages that she hosted. And, And just for people who don't know Charlotte Brown of One Woman, she literally is trying to help women around the world with whatever it is that they need. So in some cases in a country, if a goat is going to be the most profitable for them, that's what she's going to get them. So it's not this uh, cookie cutter way of looking at how can we help. We help how we best can help, right? And so the platform that she gives women is just so powerful. So we just want to give a big shout out to Charlotte Brown and also her partner, Jackie Somerville, um, that they... They really are making massive impact in this world. And right now, as we speak, they're in Greece having a lot of fun. You've been seeing those pictures, right? <laughs> so, but then it was so funny because, you know, you, it was your first time speaking, right? You hadn't publicly really spoken at that point or have you? I have. I've been a Toastmaster since 2012. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that. Yes. <laughs> oh, no wonder you were wow. so good. <laughs> I was so scared, even if it was virtual, but I, I just knew that one day I wanted someone to hear my voice and that I felt I had something important to say. So, yeah, but, but my big first big speech, I guess, is the one woman. Oh, okay. Okay. So yeah. you had been preparing with Toastmasters, but you hadn't really been publicly besides Toastmasters, because I know that's public speaking, but it yeah. is a little bit different. So, well, anyway, you were fabulous and I felt your energy immediately and we connected and your story, I mean, is so powerful. So um, I now would love for you to share everything that you're doing and um, I'm just so I'm just so grateful that I was divinely guided to connect, you know, to be on that one chance, because that's the whole idea with Myrony is that it's synchronicity emotion. And so we had this I, I heard your story. I felt your pain. I felt on a different level that maybe there's some uh, there's an awareness that I could share with you that could maybe help, you know, help. And you never know who that could help. And so I could have ignored it. But I did it. We connected. Right. And we connected. And it was like that was a pretty strong connection right from the beginning. But that's how these things happen. And so I just want to encourage the listeners, when you feel those gut pulls, mm-hmm. do something about it because you have no idea what you're missing when you don't. And so I just wanted to to point that out. So anyway, darling, please share um Share your story and what is going on currently with you. Thank you so much for that entire introduction. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, you know, I I don't even know exactly where to start because the story just keeps, it keeps gaining more and more layers, but... To well, we can always do a part two. So, you know, we're just... <laughs> Let's start with part one. Part one, exactly. Part one. Um, 
So my name is Darlene Wong. I am a dragonfly in Quebec. I am la libellule féministe de Montréal, and it's uh, it's basically symbolic. Um, I'm like the feminist messenger, I guess, around here. And a lot of women call me up to know where they can seek uh, safety. And uh, when I mean safety, it's usually related to um, intimate partner violence, domestic violence, family family violence, post-separation violence, and uh, I've helped lots of women actually just break as quick as possible from the, um, from the abuser, controlling them. Of course, in doing these types of actions, and I'm doing it because I feel that it's right to do, that every woman should stand up for every woman. Well, I get attacked back and uh, there's a lot of men who are not very comfortable having me around their wives or girlfriends because I'm able to empower, educate them about how to get around this system. Now, this system in Quebec is uh, not the same as the rest of Canada. Quebec seems to be the one that wants to really hold and control women to um, a state where you're living in the 1920s, 1940s. Wow. This doesn't really make sense anymore. Um, and I'll tell you how I've come to realize all the different uh, potholes or, or holes that are are missing in the system and women here are literally where they're dying there's women actually dying on the streets in montreal and our government says that there's no systemic violence what so that's where like it really comes from it's uh, the way um quebecers are conditioned to think uh, basically camouflage it, it, it blurs their vision of like the reality of women's rights and um, for it's going to be six years now that I myself am trying to flee domestic violence and even though I've made endless police reports and the person has been arrested more than once uh, it doesn't enter the context that is allowed to be spoken about in family court so basically if you're you've been arrested before you've had many misdemeanors that has nothing to do with child custody wait a second hold on i just need a pause there you're saying that if somebody gets arrested and for abuse that is not put into the actual custody case no it's completely um omitted how um, how is that possible i'm sorry i'm just I'm... that's 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 what i'm saying too and um, it's really sad because uh, the way the way the system is here, like I said, especially in Quebec, is that they want to give as many rights as possible to the male, the father, in order to uh, to really give the children the opportunity to be equally with each of the parents, but. In cases of domestic violence, where there's a lot of psychological abuse, which is also not accepted in court here. Wow. Yes. Um, there is so much pain when it comes to mothers and children. Mothers are being separated from their children in Quebec every single day. And this has been happening here for over 30 years. I know wow. this because I've had to go and seek myself shelter during COVID, which was the worst time here in, you know, all over the world for, especially if you were a single mom, for any type of family violence. 
So I seeked refuge in uh, a shelter, and that's when I first realized how big the industry is here for women's shelters. Like these are real running businesses uh, with full offices. We've got caseworkers for every single type of case. We've got lots of place to to stay to sleep over lots of rooms um and they even have another system where they they keep you under protection for another year and you have your own apartment but what is really 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 messed up is that and at the same time i'd like to tell women that if you are unsure of your own situation and your own safety and your children's the best um, solution for you is to actually go to a shelter you receive immediately confidentiality so if your uh, abuser is trying to find you he cannot okay but if he does he is not criminalized. He is not penalized. And that's what happened with me. So I am always, always trying to find a way to protect myself. I moved seven times just during COVID. Oh, my goodness. With two children in order to seek protection. And um, in family court, that, we, that was used against me, stating that I was unstable and, oh my goodness. Uh, mm -hmm. And even though the judge knew that the abuser had been already arrested a few times, the fact that he was stable, that he has family and support system, the children are now 75% of the time with him. Oh my God. Hold on, it gets even more disgusting. So because I've been through so much trauma, I couldn't work. I couldn't work also living in a shelter. I was, um, I was, my income was from the government. I was receiving social assistance. And even though the judge knew that, I'm still having to pay child support to Monsieur. Yeah, it's crazy. And that's like unheard of. And our government says there is no systemic violence. I've never been arrested. I've never done anything illegal. I have been doing the best I can to just protect myself and my children with the uh, opportunities that the government has to offer. But the way the system is built when a woman is fleeing domestic violence is that she gets trapped in a system that the government has basically neglected. It's broken. And we, all these women, are running in a circle, in a cycle of violence, over and over again. And we just get re-victimized over and over again. Never be able to get out. We never get out. So now I'm at the point where, you know, I'm even having to pay child support. I'm on social assistance, which doesn't make any sense. Um, and uh, I, ha I don't have, I, do I barely see my children. And my children are also not allowed to receive any therapy because Monsieur does not want that. Okay, no wonder you need to tell your story on the you know, on a U.S. podcast, because this is crazy. It is. And I've tried to say it here, and I've been banned from the media. Well, the uh, good thing is, is that you will have a link, and you'll be able to share, and you have no idea who's going to hear this, and who knows even, I mean, granted, I don't know, you know, the government, the government's a government, but it's more awareness, because the question is, how many people know this is going on? Because you mentioned that this is worse than anywhere else in Canada. So, and I know Quebec has always been, Quebecois and all that, like it's always been separate because I'm actually Canadian. My Both my parents were Canadian. So I'm technically half Canadian, I guess. And I always, rem I always remember being brought up 
French Canadian is different than Canadian. And I was just like, well, I don't understand. And I remember when, uh, when I was younger and they were trying to make French the primary language, I was like, that is really stupid. It's this little tiny area compared to all of Canada. Why? And then I was just like, well, that's just pride. Like that just doesn't even make sense. And I mean, I'm a very honest person, so I'm just going to say what it was. And I was like, this isn't even real French. It's not even Parisian French. It's this other, <laughs> <I'm> sorry, <laughs> I don't mean it. Cause you know, in these kind of situations, you kind of have to make, you, you got to make a little bit of lightness because otherwise it's just like, oh, and it's just, to me, this is so stupid. How is this possible? And you know what? They just passed a bill like about last week, I think, to um, impose French in every single public space in Quebec, and they're they even they're hiring uh, a language police to go around the city in all the restaurants and all the schools, even if you go to an English school, to make sure that even the children are speaking in French in the hallways. If not, everyone gets a ticket. It, it's it's ridiculous. Oh, wow. No wonder I brought up about the French thing, because that's... Abs- oh. Whoa. Mm-hmm. What are they what are they trying to create here in everybody went up to the uh, per, uh, to Premier Francois Legault's office because again this is a man who is completely disconnected from the reality of his people and he doesn't care. Mm. He doesn't care. He only cares about himself. You know, yeah, it he, sounds like a dictatorship. It is completely that. And that's what I noticed once I got to the women's shelter. Oh. That it is really controlled by the government. Even the shelters are controlled like that. And I'm like, this can't be. This, like, this man cannot be handling all these women who are going through domestic violence. He has no idea what this is about. Right. So all these women are depending on him. You know, they're codependent on him. And he gives like the least amount of support to women and children. Oh, that's horrible. We're at the bottom of the list. And so I, and again, you said that it's not like this everywhere else in Canada. So how, I mean, what is it that people can do to try to help or what? You know what? I think um, there's, there is a lack of protection laws that protect specifically mothers and children. It's very, very patriarchal here. Like it's too much. That's why I'm saying, you know, women today, it's 2022. We're independent. We like to do our own thing. We have our own bank accounts. You know, like we don't we don't have to do this codependent thing. But the way the system is still working here is that you have to be dependent on someone else. And I've been to criminal court a few times, too, from the abuser because of the abusers. And um, they get away with it because the prosecutor themselves and the detectives themselves tell me, Darlene, once you get another man in your life, he'll leave you alone. Oh, that's what I get. Even in the women's shelters here, there was one that I went to and they were educating women on how to find the perfect man. Oh my goodness. And I'm like, there is a serious problem. This sounds like the freaking handmaid's tale. I'm telling you, this this is not today's world. It makes no sense. That, you know, violence, whatever, against women or you that the man is able to do whatever. Are you familiar with The Handmaid's Tale? Because if not, you should check it out on. I mean, it's crazy because it, it's actually about it, it could take place in this during this time period. And the way that the men are to the women, it's just oh, how disgusting. But like the question is, does I mean, you know, being here in the United States, it's much harder to make impact in another country on a, on, uh, what am I trying to say? You know, like 
to be able, I mean, I think it's so important to bring awareness and, you know, who knows how with just being able to share your voice. But my question is, is, does the rest of Canada know what's going on? Because, I mean, unfortunately, domestic violence happens everywhere. And, and so, yeah, I'm curious, do the other domestic violence, um, you know, organizations in Canada, do they realize or is it just because this person... I don't even know his name. Sorry. I'm not, um, you know, trying to be his, <laughs> just trying to be a dictatorship. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, yes, the rest of Canada does know. Um, I'm a member of the Canadian Women's Foundation and uh, I am a, a responder, signal for help. So I've done this a few times already on the one woman show so that I can teach women all over the world that if you need to seek help, you can do it in a very silent way. Because when you speak about it, no one listens. Uh, run away. There's a stigma so high here that even the judges, you know, that's, that's where it comes from. Even the judge was ashamed of me for seeking shelter. What? He's like, so you think it's, it's good? It's good to go to a shelter with the children? I'm like, yes, this is, of course, that's what it's for. But like, no, that's, that's the worst thing you can do. So that means like, it, in order for, it basically makes it impossible for a woman to truly leave a domestic violence situation. Apparently until she gets another man. Then the, then the man's going to leave her alone. That is. And it's obvious that it's not true because in my situation, it's, I left mine in 2016 and it's 2022. And I've had 11 lawyers. 11 six, lawyers? Yeah. And six of them were just from the legal aid. So these are like free by the government. And all, all of them quit because... There is no law that protects women from domestic violence in Canada. So if you go into court for any, for that situation, like, forget it. There's, they, they even laugh at you. I've had on the paper when they've canceled my, um, my file saying very little chance of success. Oh my That's goodness. Your wrote. Yes. Yes. So it's so bad, you're literally stuck. And then if you, you you leave, which is what I did, you lose everything. And you're then, like, victimized even more by the abuser and by the institution themselves. You know? Oh. They just keep enabling it over and over again. And some women have had to go to jail yeah, I was just about to bring that up. We talked privately and before, and you said that women are going to jail because they're not able to pay this ridiculous, I mean. They, they, they're just not able to, they're not even allowed to speak for themselves because domestic violence doesn't exist. If the government's saying it doesn't exist and the law is saying it doesn't exist, then it doesn't exist. Even if you're bruised up, even if you're running away, even if you have police reports, even if the guy's been in jail. Oh, my God. It's a, it really is a handmaid's tale. It's a broken, broken system. And that's why when I was interviewed on the news here, and it was uh, CTV News Montreal, we did an entire documentary with a bunch of women like me in Montreal going through the exact same thing they did not publish it wow yeah so they don't want anyone to know and no they don't because they i swear do you know what i'm talking about the the book the handmaid's tale but there's a show the handmaid's tale no i don't know okay so it's funny because it's margaret atwood is the author she's a canadian author yes. and it's this um it's this futuristic society that's not too far in the future um, where they basically, um, women, because we polluted the world too much, um, they, women are not able to have kids anymore. And so there's only a small percentage that's able to have these kids. 
And so then this extremist group who's overly religious, who thinks that God is angry at them, is um, they start living out the Old Testament in the most horrific way possible. And the, the, the brutality that is in this, but no one knows what's going on because it, and it was like, it, it, it's based in like the Boston area. I mean, it is crazy. And it literally sounds like what you're going through. Because yeah. women have absolutely no rights whatsoever. Like they, they it's just shocking. No. Nope. And so it's like, okay, so what, what is the solution? I guess just getting this out there because people don't know. Like I, I would never in a million years. I mean, okay, I do know some countries where women have absolutely no rights. I did not think it was happening, happening in Montreal. Like that is unbelievable. In Montreal. Right. And that's the part. Yes, that's the part where when I started to speak up about what I was actually experiencing, people were like in shock because it is so it's they silence women to the point where like me, I'm paying child support now and they retroactively even added extra months. So I owe like hundreds of dollars like by this week, actually. <laughs> um and and if you don't have and if you don't have it what happens well then then you get re-victimized again like it's just it's so easy then you just get put back into the system and that's it that's it there's women that have gone to jail over and over again you know to protect their rights to protect their children i mean we have this thing here called uh amber amber alert and uh it's when um it's a signal that happens uh, on your cell phone when uh, when a child is is gone missing. Right. And, yeah, we have. Um, but the the way it's handled here is inhumane. The mother and the child running on foot to escape, we don't know what, is called a kidnapper. And the Amber Alert states her as saying that she is abducting her child. Oh, my God. I'm serious, Darlene. If you watch the freaking Handmaid's Tale, it's on Hulu. It is literally what you are saying. Like, exactly. All they're trying to do is protect their children from being taken away from them. And what I found we're missing here is someone to represent women's rights because all these men, these politicians, these lawyers and judges, they are only on one side. That's all they know. That's all they've been conditioned to do. That's all they studied. That they they don't know it unless they've actually been in the situation. How can you, I mean, how can someone turn a blind eye to be to say that there's no abuse and this person can just be doing that to the per like that is wow yeah so i'm exhausted mentally um i've had to go to three different shelters to seek safety and oh. all of those were used against me in court and now my children are crying all the time and i'm pleading with their father to please let's give them therapy but the law says we need his signature too. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I mean, but you're so strong because you're trying to be a voice for all these women that don't have a voice. And, you know, what is some of the things that people could do? Do you think, I mean, just, uh, just being brought this away. I mean, it's more than being brought this awareness. I mean, I, I wish I, I wish I could come up with a solution in the sense, but you know, just being able to share your story. Cause like you said, you couldn't share your story where you are. They silenced you. I tried, I tried, but if you're, I mean, I was banned even from that Toastmasters club that I was in. You were banned. Yep. Wait, hold on. How did you get banned from Toastmasters? Exactly. I, I try to speak to the highest of the leaders here. And again, women's rights we have no voice here and i think because it is such montreal it is diverse here 
And I think because there's so much diversity and everyone is seeing what's going on and they're trying to speak up, they're just they're just swallowing more water. They're drowning in their own words. And that's what is. And then those people become basically they disappear. Poof. People are disappearing in Montreal. Women are disappearing in Montreal. There's marches happening here every so couple of months for the missing sisters. Yes, it is so frightening. And it's to the point where I believe the only way we can really help this situation is by listening. I think people forgot how to listen and they just judge. You know, I don't expect people to know how I've lived through this or where I come from and what I've been through, but I'm speaking from truth and right. truth is, is considered a lie in courts. Um, my judgment says that I need um, uh, serious help. Ugh. Yes, because I was telling the truth. So there's no, there's no way out. I feel we need something that's radical, kind of like a transformation from into a dragonfly. We need to get out of the water because we don't belong in the water in eternity. No. And I have come up with a solution, but I think it's something that needs to be exposed in a, in a different way. And I'm still working on it, but it's about creating a feminist law. The first feminist law. And yeah. We can turn that into an international law. Right. To protect all women. Yes. Because everyone, every, all the men, you can see it in different parts of the world, even the United States with the abortion stuff. You know, everyone is trying to go backwards because they sense that women are really coming forward and we're standing, you know, like. Right. Yep, the patriarchal society is so worried about women's voices. Like, very, very oh, true, yeah. We shouldn't be asking anymore, like, what we can do or not do with our bodies. That right. is, no, I think, like, it's either the patriarchy is completely abolished or we create a generation equality where the woman decides if she wants to be represented by the patriarchy or by the generation equality system. Boom. Absolutely, it should watch, be on systems just. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you were able to share your story. I wish that there was more solutions right now, but I do think that by bringing awareness, because I know, I know people, you know, not only in here in the United States, but you know, I don't think everybody in Canada would know what's going on or around the world that. A, a place this isn't a third world this isn't a third world country you know this isn't supposed canada. to be a dictatorship this is canada that we're talking about like that is unbelievable well what's um well i want to do sh also share about you as such a beautiful artist and how it can support at least your art in in this because you know your dragonfly is your symbol and the fact that we now know what the meaning of that symbol is. So what is it? Um, please share your, share your story as an artist also. Well, I've dedicated now all my art to trying to pass a feminist law. So everything is very symbolic towards feminism and uh, women's rights. So that's, that's where I'm at. Um, I'm recognized by uh, the Canadian Women's Foundation, SOS Violence Conjugale, which is the, um, the emergency number here for domestic violence. Um, and uh, I'm doing, I'm just doing my part, you know, everyone is trying to do their part to, to make people aware. And, uh, and I just want to say you're making a symbol on your hand for those that are just listening to this, because we are going to be having this as YouTube also. But the symbol that you're making, it's what, what is it? Um, I, I mean, it almost looks like sign language. It is like it is because a lot of women in domestic violence situations have a hard time speaking or telling someone that something is wrong. I'll give you an example. I'll invite you over to dinner and my, my husband is there, but 
I'm scared of him, but I don't want to tell you, but I really want to tell you like there, there's something wrong. Instead of me actually using my words, I just use a hand signal and you just put your hand out, you tuck in your thumb and then all four right over the thumb. And that is signal for help. And it's made by the Canadian Women's Foundation. Okay. It has become now international. Oh, wow. That's that's wonderful. Is there a um, is there a website or something that somebody, if they're listening, that they can make sure they understand what that symbol is, that they could see that? What yes. would that be? So um, on my Instagram, I'll give you the link. Uh, on in my bio, I have all of the steps. So we it have, will it will yeah, be five. there. It will be in the it will be in your. Um, uh, in the show notes under your bio, but if you can yes. just share what your in, if you want to share what your Instagram is, if that's okay, just because yes. sometimes people don't go to show notes. <laughs> okay. Yes, so my Instagram is boudoir therapy underscore, and you'll see a big dragonfly. And yes. in, in the bio, you'll see the link for the Canadian Women's Foundation. You'll see for the SOS Violence Conjugale. You'll basically have all the steps of what you need to do to get out of a violent situation in the most silent way possible. Oh, wonderful. Well, speaking of boudoir therapy, your boudoirs that you create for women, whoo, anybody that wants to work with you, they're going to have the most beautiful boudoir ever you are so talented in your design on so many levels so um is there a way what's the best way for people to um because you anybody listening that needs to have their they want to turn their bedroom into a boudoir then you want to share what's the difference between a bedroom and a boudoir (laughs) yes a boudoir is your own private space no one else is allowed in there It's kind of like the opposite of the man cave, you know, they always get the basement, they get their guys over, beer, pool table, while we get a nice luxurious bedroom or a setup where it's very relaxing, very meditative. Right now I'm sitting actually on a Japanese poof that I make uh, myself too. Yes, please. Let's see. Let's see the poof for those that are on YouTube that can see that. Right. So oh, luxurious crushed velvet on one end. And then this is a nice rosé that I put on this end. So they're all made like this. They're nice and big and you can sit on them. You can meditate. It's all about sitting still and taking the time for yourself. And that's the whole idea behind the boudoir. Yes. Just for you. And I've done already with other clients where they've literally separated, husband and wife have separated rooms. She has her boudoir, he has his own bedroom, and they invite each other if they oh. want to sleep with each other. Oh, wow. Well, they get a better, better rest. They have their <laughs> own space. They can customize it as they want. You know, they don't have to be like finding like a, a way in, in the middle. Yeah, all her little fluffiness and he wants it all flat and blue. That's fine. (laughs) And everyone's happy. Um, Well, you are I mean, you are so magical, like the the dragonfly, because they're they're pretty magical creatures. Right. And you the magic that you're creating to try to help women's voices, but just who you are as an artist. I mean, you are. Wow, I didn't realize how unbelievably complicated the system is that you're in, you know, like it's, and I just, I just pray that by being able to share your voice and, you know, it's going to reach the right people and it's going to, you know, we'll, we'll first hopefully, you know, bring hope to the women that are in it. Um, but also bring this awareness and be able to share with people in a safe space, because obviously you haven't had that safe space to share it. But the beautiful thing with podcasts is that it reaches the world. And so we can share. And so I'm just going to encourage everybody that hears this, share it, share this episode. This is too important. Not, this is not something we can turn a blind eye to. I mean, if this is what our world is coming to, this is exactly. just uh, horrible. And that's why we really need to do this in solidarity and not just like with 
Canadian women. It's American. It is from everywhere. Like every single woman needs to hold hands. And this is where I felt that one woman can change the world. I, I agree with you. And I even said, reach out to Sharla, reach out to Sharla, because I, I'm curious that she knows to what's going on, you know, because she's not to this extent. <laughs> I'm sorry. Not to this extent. No, I don't think so. I don't think that she's one powerful woman, you know, and, and she is of that mindset. You know, one woman can change the world, but it is, it is that unity. It's that, it is that solidarity. So well, Darlene, this has been such an honor and a privilege for you to share your story. And um, I mean, I'm going to do my best to help you and, you know, just bringing this awareness and how it can support you as an artist and, and as a designer. And so, again, what's the best way? It will be in the show notes, but what's the best way for people to connect with you? Um, Instagram is, I'm always on there. So boudoir therapy underscore, and there's also Darlene Wong underscore. And uh, after that, you can find me almost Pinterest, uh, Facebook. uh, I'm a little bit everywhere. (laughs) Well, thank God you are, because you are the dragonfly that's meant to be all around this world. So that's what I said. <laughs> I'm like, no wonder I chose the dragonfly. I'm supposed to be like a little bit everywhere. Yes, yes. Well, I'm so grateful. Divine Myrony brought us together because we even have them. That we even have the date of five ten, right? That was I say yes. May tenth, um, two thousand fifteen. I somehow had this unbelievable experience where I spent twenty four hours with God. I know how crazy that sounds, but. I will say that God is not wanting, he does not want this domestic, he doesn't want violence. He's giving, he's giving humanity free will to choose to do. And it's, it's so sad that this is what mankind can do to each other. And, you know, and he's just shaking his head like, come on, people, this isn't what it's about. But your, your, our connection with, with May 10th, was that was what you said was like your like almost like aha we have something we have something greater here right yes yeah well it's a it's it's a it's a sad connection but it's not a sad connection because the truth is you know we we are brought together and it's it's we can't live in a world where everything is freaking rainbows and sunshine and and people want to be like oh you know you just got to raise your vibration and no offense all that bullshit because you're not putting yourself in this you're not this is not you're not at fault you're not at this um and all the women listening who are in this however just know i mean in a weird way, on a soul level, for some reason, your higher self chose this, probably to have the voice that you are meant to have. But the biggest thing is that when we can look at ourselves not as victims of our situations, that for some reason we're choosing this to create maybe a greater awareness or a greater understanding, or sometimes we choose pain for others. And that I know is why you chose this path. And so there's, there's something so much more divine that's meant to be meant to come from it. But I will say God absolutely does not want this. And I'm being guided to share an actual message about this. Do you mind me sharing one of the messages? Please, Because it's actually connected to why we may be in human form. And, um, and so it was to experience and be able to, you know, understand what love is and physical touch and all the things that we we need in this world and so um give me one second because i wasn't in, i wasn't planning on this but that's how it works because when a message is called and so for anybody that's hearing what these messages were i'm not the one that channeled the messages i had this experience and then um, i was guided to meet the amazing woman who did channel them However, I'm the one that is guided to share them because I believe the reason I was not the one who channeled them is no one would believe I had this unbelievable experience with God and channeled these profound messages. But how can you explain how I had, I documented 
kind of like you've documented, but you know, I know people aren't going to believe me, but I've documented as best I can. And how did I find the person that is channeling these beautiful, profound messages? And so um, you give me just one second while I pull this up, because I feel this is really, really, really important for women to hear, actually for humanity to hear, um, because this is not of God. This is not what God wanted. And, you know, it's just, it's unbelievable that people think they can, um, you know, do this to other people. Well, I'm being guided to share like quite a few. Do you mind? It is intense. <laughs> I, go. I love it. I love it. I okay. think everyone wants to hear. Okay. Well, the first one I want to go to is actually, um, oh, wow. Okay, we're going to be going for like 10 minutes, it seems like, really quickly. The thing is, is that for the, for the women that are going through this and how we can even look from a place of compassion is that for whatever reason, these men or whoever's being abusive, somehow they're broken. Anger comes from fear. It's not love and anger. It's love and fear are the two sides of the coin. And no one wants to be this way. But on a soul level, they have to learn certain things to be able to grow. And if they choose not to grow, then they regress. And they keep regressing and regressing. And one of the most powerful messages that I was given, and if anybody wants to hear where this comes from, you can go to, because um, sometimes... People will be listening to this episode for the first one. They want to hear my spiritual story. They want to hear the original story of where Myrony came from. Um, it's episode one. It's discover Myrony and your inner superpower because we all have it of this more greater intuition. But episode, yes, right. <laughs> for those listening, she was just flexing her muscles because yes, it is a it is a powerful superpower. And then if anybody wants to hear the story of the, this, this, my crazy spiritual story, it's episode 57 through 59 that explains how I was, um, how this all happened and where these profound messages that I'm about to read. But um, the, the thing that I'm being guided to share, when I say I'm being guided, I have a very strong gift of claircognizance. And it's like, I just, it's like, you, you gotta, you gotta say what you gotta say. So anyway, one of the most powerful things that allowed me to see when, um, when the world, when you see just the horrible things happening in life, and how do we look at it from a place of compassion versus a place of judgment? And how we can do that is, um, so Dr. Brian Weiss, he was a, an agnostic psychiatrist who back in the 80s, I believe, risked his entire career because this was all connected to a patient who, um, uh, he discovered she was tapping into her past lives and she had so many fears and phobias. And what happened was that on a soul level, when she realized what it was that she was afraid of in this current life, if she was able to relive it, it would be released. And so more and more came about. So that first book is called Many Lives, Many Masters. Well, this book called um, Messages from the Masters, he was given this vision of Earth being a one-room schoolhouse. And we're all at different grades. And so if we want to look at the abuse going on, they're just a bunch of terrible toddlers running around, not knowing what to do. And if they had the awareness, they would. They would absolutely not be that way because that is not of love. And so I'm being guided to start with this first message, which is uh, came out January 8th of 2017. And the messages all came out in 2016 and 17. It says, realizing a problem contained within your own self is a spiritual step. Understanding the problem and overcoming it is difficult. Awareness opens the door for acceptance and higher understanding. Overcoming can be fast or extremely slow and painful, depending on the problem and your abilities. Newfound knowledge and awareness of a problem must be realized and overcome in the moment of occurrence, 
thus creating a pattern of discernment followed by decisive corrective action. Repetitious correction of thoughts and actions is essential. Over time, the corrective measures become habit. Awareness comes with responsibility for action. You cannot correct that which you are not aware of. And in so many cases, until people are ready to look themselves in the mirror of who they are, yeah. that awareness will never come. And so the next message I'm being guided to share is actually about abuse. And this came out January 16 of 17. These are the messages I thought I was going to be reading in your intro soul session so you could share. And apparently they were meant for your your episode here. (laughs) But this is a very, very powerful one. So it says abuse is conceived by individual perception and awareness. One spirit cannot determine what constitutes abuse for another spirit. Abuse that is accepted and emotionally integrated by a weak spirit is sometimes met with stubborn, resistant, and forceful action by a stronger, more progressed spirit. Abuse suffered by a progressed spirit drives them to fight and become stronger by sheer will. The strong spirit refuses to accept the negativity of shame, anger, and guilt imposed on them by the abuser. The weak spirit is trapped in fear, disbelief, and denial. Their solution is acceptance and compliance. Confusion results in anxiety, powerlessness, and guilt are assumed by the abused. Without finding clarity and resolve to rise above the abuse and the abuser, the abused turns the negative emotions inward against themselves. The weak spirit lives with chronic pain and distress. The embedded negative emotions become part of them and ultimately ignored. The unresolved emotional damage is managed with drugs, alcohol, sex, cutting, and other compulsive destructive behaviors. The weak spirit believes these coping mechanisms are logical within the context of their experience, trauma, and abuse. The intensity of their feelings and compulsions is only released through awareness and absolution of the self. The strong spirit refuses to accept the negative message of being bad, worthless, and the instigator of the abuse. Higher spiritual awareness seeks logical explanation, interpretation, and resolute action. The stronger spirit must guide the weaker spirit. Mm-hmm. And you, my dear, are one damn strong spirit. <laughs> and so... I do believe it, because I know I'm in this for a reason. I'm just, I'm in it. It'll come out. It'll come out somehow. It will. It will. And it is. It's about bringing this awareness, but it's also recognizing there's there's a bigger picture. And like, that was one of the things that I, I experienced in my experience was that no matter what's going on, life is good. Even in the darkest, life is good. There's a greater, you know, but also if people want to accept our souls are eternal and we never truly die and we just keep growing and and when we can look at that and for for everyone that it has gone through abuse and if you can just look at um it's not to ignore it it's not to um it's not to accept it it's but it's to maybe look at it from the perspective that what happened to this person to be that way also Mm -hmm. because no one is born in this way of being however apparently from a soul spiritual way the tendency is there and this is the lesson that has to be learned and so for anybody listening one of the most powerful books also by dr brian weiss and these books literally saved my life i wouldn't be here without them so that's why they become a major part of what i do is because i just want people to understand this awareness that can maybe help them during their darkest days. And one that actually talks about abuse is this one called through time into healing. And then the other one, if you're ever to the point of suicide, because you want to escape same soul, many bodies is the only reason why I'm still alive. 
And um, believe me, Darlene, I did not think it was going to go to this level, but I also understand we have our one voice at times. We never know when that opportunity is, you know, that, that whatever can be said in that moment. So I appreciate you letting me share what I'm being guided to share that hopefully who's ever hearing this is hearing these words and knowing that how much God loves you and, you know, it doesn't want this to be happening. And that's what I'm being guided to, to share in the, in, in this message. And it says, this came out on November 17th of 2016. And uh, it says, we are in spirit form with God. We are conscious awareness, aware of God and each other, but lack physical form. We experience exhilarating joy and unabashed love and devotion to God and revel in his glory. However, I feel a void because we are without human form to physically connect with each other. God tells me this void is why he created human bodies for our spirits. God wanted us to experience the beauty of physical touch. He wanted us to experience the incredible bond of embracing another spirit. God also wanted our spirit forms to physically feel the amazing love he has for each of us. It feels so strange to be surrounded by our eternal spirit family and yet unable to look lovingly into their eyes and give them a hug. I begin to understand the purpose of our human bodies and the importance physical form plays in conveying love, understanding, and forgiveness. God tells me that his creation of the human form for spirits to inhabit has led to unforeseen problems. God did not anticipate that occupying a physical body would corrupt our spirit with cravings and desires of the flesh. God tells me he is disappointed by our disobedience. He's offended by our debasement and killing of the eternal family spirits. God is appalled that we have forgotten our spirituality and have embraced the seven deadly sins to gain influential power over one another. So the God that I'm here to bring to this world now is God is love with an awesome sense of humor. And that is who Winky is behind me in my logo. And <laughs> I just want everybody to know this is not what God wants. God wants us to love, understand, forgive, compassion. That's who God is. And hopefully with our voices, we can bring that awareness and we can start seeing where is it that people have somehow become broken and who they are in this more, you know, on this soul level. So um, thank you for letting me share that on your, on your episode. I hope that whoever hears that those, I'm just a messenger. Um, you know, my irony is not my word. I'm just a messenger of it with just who happens to have the last name of my you know, it's, that's my irony, but, <laughs> but it works really well. <laughs> I'm sorry. It works really well. Oh, it, it does. But I'm just, you know, I'm just a messenger of the messages. And I hope that those messages that I was guided to share help bring hope to whoever is hearing it. And you, my dear, are one of the biggest, bright, brightest, shining lights I've ever met. And now I know why we were connected. And so grateful and i hope that this really does in, reach around the world and how we can make a difference by sharing our voices and uh coming together in unity so i think the opportunity that you gave me just to today to do this is is worth a lot more than you think because i've been trying so hard and uh you just you want you wanted to listen and so that in itself is is the example we need to show everyone is give the woman the platform for her to feel safe to speak and yeah. let's see what happens you know yeah. that's that's where we're going to see what type of magic really happens i love well that. Anybody, any way I can help you, I will do so. I will try to get you. I have a lot this of friends. Is the biggest, in the... This is the biggest help in a very long time. Aww. Well, I have a lot of friends in the podcasting space, so we're going to get your voice out there more and more. So anyway, Darlene, I love you so much. You have more support than I could possibly share in words. 
And so I, I, anybody who's listening, connect with Darlene. She is a warrior. She's a dragonfly warrior, <laughs> but a warrior of peace because it's not about violence. No. But we have to stand up for ourselves and we have to stand up for not just women, humanity. You know, we're all equals. No one's yeah. better or less than each other when we can start looking at it from that from, from that space of compassion. So anyway, thank you so much. I'm honored that you shared your story. Um, I knew how important this was, but I had no idea to the level of how important your story was to get out. So thank you again, Darlene. And you're so welcome to the listeners. I'll see you next time. Thank you all for joining me on That's Myrony Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the Myronic stories shared today and possibly got you to connect to the Myronies in your own life. As you listen to this podcast, you'll start catching signs that are so subtle but can have the biggest impact on your life. So pay attention to that inner voice and watch the Myronies appear in your life just like the guest in my next episode. And please connect with me on Instagram, Facebook, and that's myrony.com where you can share your unbelievable myronies. Also, if you enjoyed what you heard and can take a moment to like, comment, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting platform, it would mean so much because that is how others are able to find this podcast. Finally, please also tell your friends and family about Myrony because wouldn't it be fun to see people share their myronies on social media in addition to their selfies? And remember, If something happens that makes you say, well, that's ironic. It's not ironic at all. It's Myronic. Now that's Myrony. See you next time.